Welcome back to In Context. This is a podcast hosted at Stonebridge Church in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. My name is Keith Knight. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm joined with two of our other pastors here. Who wants to go first? I'm Josh Casey. And Brandon Levering. Nice. I can't see your mouths. So we've been talking about how we look like Bane. Yes. We all look like Bane or some <laughs> form really of trying. robot. You're really he, trying to get us I'm trying close. to tease it out. Yeah, yeah. No, he's not going to do no, it. Anyway. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my kids, my my little girls are always trying to get me to do my Gollum impersonation. But you got to be in the mood to do Gollum. It's true. you got to be in the mood to do Bane, too. I do Gollum. Gollum and uh, Stitch have the same voice <laughs> origins. So I do both of them in the house, and the kids get creeped out. They're like, Dad, please stop. That's awesome. Yeah, that usually goes the other way around. Like, kids, please stop. Now it's like, Dad, please stop. But anyway, I won't do that to you guys today. Um, so we are, uh, for those of you who need the context, you see what I did there. Um, we are going through a sermon series about uh, the church and really trying to drive at um, that it's not just a bunch of individuals doing individual individualistic things, mm-hmm. but it's a group of individuals that have been brought together by the gospel um, to be molded into something bigger, right? Mm-hmm. So we are mm-hmm. a part of something bigger than just ourselves. And so the last two weeks, we've looked at the uh, issue of the idea of discipleship. What yeah. is discipleship? How do we grow mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. as Christians? And so, Brandon, you want to just give us an overview of yeah? What we so covered? I mean, last last week we talked about the, kind of the growing outward and 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 how the church multiplies. Um, this past Sunday, we considered how do how does the church grow up? Mm-hmm. Like s- instead of just spiritual multiplication. Well, what's the aim of that? It's spiritual maturity. And so, you know, we, we kind of explored from Ephesians 4, um, what, is, uh, what is spiritual maturity? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you measure that? How do you nurture it? Um, and I think where a lot of the confusion comes in is on that measuring question of, all right, what are the actual marks of maturity? And how do we, I guess, to the confusions with nurturing too. So h- how do you actually aim for the heart versus just try and modify behavior or or set these external goals and mm-hmm. so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Um, one of the things that I loved about your sermon um, is because you said maturity a lot. Yeah, my daughters used to give me a hard time for saying mature. Mature, and then when you got here and you said it <laughs> once in a sermon, the girls were like. And you no were like, way. sweet yes, vindication. I was. I was like, see, he's smarter than I am, and he does it too. <laughs> and I'm sure you said it in a very mature way. <laughs> I've heard it both ways. Like, meh, meh. <laughs> no. Um, but so maybe maybe the first question I would have is, why why is it so natural for us to attempt to make discipleship into um, more kind of a pragmatic, mm. functional practice than to lean into the scriptural um, uh, idea of, of relational. Yeah, relationship, heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You want to start, Josh? Yeah, I, um, I think some of it's just uh, just within our culture. And it's, it's probably broader than just, you know, American culture. But uh, we really lean into that idea of specialization. Mm-hmm. I mean, just all over the place we have that. And it's, it's, it's the air we breathe. It's the entirety of our, I mean, for the last hundred years, um, our education system is built on specialization. Mm-hmm. You know, we have mm-hmm. general moving toward, you know, specific 
things. And so we move in those areas and we discern this person could be an engineer, this person could be a doctor, this person could be this or that by the way we assess them. And we have a lot of assessments along the way. Mm -hmm. So it is something where when we come from a culture, there's parts of it we have to shake. And it's really hard within our culture right now to shake that idea of specialization. Mm -hmm. And so if we want to be a Christian, a good Christian, a Reformed Christian, a Pentecostal Christian, or whatever, a Baptist, a Lutheran, or whatever, there are certain specializations, certain things we have to be doing. But mm -hmm. in general, there are certain things that we've said, this is this is what it means to be this kind of a person. Mm -hmm. And so we, so we, it's easier for us to measure that. I mm -hmm. think that's not the yeah. entire thought, but I'm sure we'll, we'll tease some more of that out. But I think specialization is something mm -hmm. we don't realize. We're so ingrained in our in our minds that you know we have to assess this certain kind of person mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think you know the ease of measurement that you referred to i yeah. think that's a huge driving factor i agree like it, it's so much easier to measure certain behaviors than it is what's really going on under the surface it's right. easier to measure externals like attending a program or reading a book or uh stopping at least some behavior while people are looking mm -hmm. than it is to actually learn to hate sin and love Jesus more mm -hmm. and, and treat others um, as we want to be treated. That that's that under the surface stuff, I mean, you, you can think of it in, in um, house renovation stuff. Like, you know, we tend to prioritize what people can see from the street. Like mm. right now, our pillars in front of, uh, right on our front stoop, they are visibly rotting and it drives <laughs> me crazy. And it's like, I, I've, I've measured them. I've got, I just gotta get to Menards and get the lumber and then I can right. do this and I've got the paint already. Um, but, you know, and, and I could do that and it might look nice, but what if the foundation is faulty? Yeah. You know, yeah. I, as far as yeah. I know, it's not, but that's much more important. And, and so, like mm -hmm. learning to think under the surface, it's harder, it's messier, it's harder to measure. Um, there's a quicker payoff with the behavior, with the externals, with the pragmatics. And I think that's a major driving factor of why we go there. Mm -hmm. And I think the cost is the other part. It's easy mm -hmm. to fix the pillars mm -hmm. as opposed to the foundation. Yeah. It costs a whole lot more to take care of the more important thing. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I guess pillars are pretty important, but you know, I, I mean, just paint, paint They're the wall, you know, those kind of <laughs> things, you know. Um, and I think that's 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 another another aspect of it is it takes a lot to change someone's character. Yeah, it doesn't take much to change their behavior. Well, mm -hmm. measurements. So you even referred to in the sermon, you referred to measurements in, in ways that I think were really helpful, really practical and ways that we could understand when you referred to like children. Mm. Like, well, you know, when you're doing, you know, there are certain things you have to do with your children. You have to make yeah. sure that they're potty trained because, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. as you said, a, a 16 year old filling their pants <laughs> is a much bigger problem than we're, a two year old. Yeah, <laughs> we're hoping for a little progress by that <laughs> right. time. Yeah. But that's that's really important for us to understand, though, because we do have some very clear metrics when we're mm. raising kids. So the the biggest area that we might be off in is measurements measurements are not the problem yeah it's the metrics that we use yes by which we're what are we're we attempting to measure right how so are we but that's to what's really mm -hmm. confusing right because it is rather nebulous in mm -hmm. scripture right i mean it's not yeah. it's not as clear as we would like it to be and yeah. i think our western minds and I, well, I mean, yeah, I think our Western minds have a big problem with that. Generally. Well, and, and and I don't even think it's just a Western thing. Like you yeah, can go back be. to Isaiah 29. It's That's so true. easy to detach our heart from mm -hmm. our words or mm -hmm. detach our heart from our behavior. Um, and uh, uh, we, we just 
Yeah, and and the reality is there is there are behaviors that we're called to, right? There, there's obedience that matters. There's right. there's worship. You know, for ancient Israel, there were certain offerings they were called to bring, mm-hmm. and yet when it came down to it, uh, you know, you think of First Samuel fifteen, you think of Psalm forty, you think of uh, Micah six, I think, um, or Hosea six. I think it's Hosea. Anyhow, when it comes down to it. Does the Lord really delight in burnt offerings or sacrifices so much as obedience? Mm-hmm. You know, the, when we detach that external behavior from a heart that desires God and loves God and worships God, that's where that disconnect is. And we can so get into that rhythm of going through those motions, mm-hmm. the pragmatism, the performance, the legalism, mm-hmm. with our with just doing an end run around our heart. I know what to do. I know how to do it. So I do it but my heart's not there. I don't want to. I'm not delighting in the Lord or desiring mm-hmm. him. Um, and that, I think, is a, just personally speaking for myself, that's a big challenge, sure. like, uh, yeah. especially being in ministry. Like there's all, yeah. y- you add yeah. add to our natural legalistic bent as fallen humans the pressure to perform and look good from the pulpit yeah. or from the mm-hmm. street. Like nobody's immune from this challenge mm-hmm. of of disconnecting our hearts from our actual behavior, which then becomes a show instead of genuine spiritual growth. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, I would encourage you. So if you're listening to the podcast and you haven't listened another time to the sermon from this past week, and I would encourage that because there is a portion in which you talk about Jonathan Edwards Mm -hmm. and then Jared Wilson's interpretation or summation of Jonathan Edwards and the metrics of grace, which I thought was extremely, um, helpful yeah like for processing through it was helpful for me when i read it i think it's in wilson's book gospel driven church Mm -hmm. um just a great summary yeah but that's i mean and that's where we really want to get into is is the difference between because we want people here to be growing disciples but we also want to know we we want people to know why we want them to be growing disciples right because even this series could fall into we want to be a good church. Okay, mm-hmm. but by what? <laughs> <laughs> by just the standards of what we're preaching? We want everybody to show up and be excited about worship. Okay. We want everybody to be, you know, uh, building into somebody else. Okay. We want everybody yeah. to be, you know, to value the word. Okay. But how do we know yeah. that we're really hitting that? How do we yeah. know that people's hearts are actually captured yeah. by the right things? Absolutely. Yeah, we are masters of performance. Um, so, you know, just to, to reiterate what, what Wilson talks about, you know, a growing esteem for Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, a growing, uh, uh, visible pattern of repentance. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting these exactly right. You know, a love for the word, a dogged right. devotion to the word of God, all right. of the, and, and you can't measure that from just checking boxes on a behavior. It, that's why he calls them metrics of grace. Cause there's no way to grow in those apart from the grace of God. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's been challenging and helpful and convicting um, and mm. encouraging for me. Mm-hmm. But you can measure, I mean, you can measure in the quality of your relationships, right? One of the things yeah. that I was reading, um, maybe it was yesterday, but just kind of a reminder that the concept of righteousness is, is in the context of relationships, mm. right? So when, when God calls for righteousness, righteousness is not just this, a nebulous standing that you have before God, there would be no way to understand that standing mm-hmm. before God unless there was something by which you're you're weighing it, yeah. right? So righteousness is the state of being 
in a right relationship mm-hmm. with God, but it's also, as Jesus said, being in a right relationship with other people. Yeah, yeah. There's so righteousness a moral itself, category to it, right? Not just and that's legal. what happens mm-hmm. is we tend to look at that as this standalone righteousness is if I do the right things, I'm righteous, and if I'm righteous, I do the right things. Mm-hmm. But you can have really vapid or non-existent relationships in the church, but still consider yourself to be mm-hmm. operating from a righteous perspective, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's. Uh, so, Josh, if you can kind of infuse there, like, wh- where where do we go wrong in bypassing the importance of relationships, do you think, in, in terms of our spiritual growth and discipleship? Yeah, yeah um, I think that's um, that, that context of the relationship is, I don't know, it's a it's a a more a more earthy, a more real, a less individualistic mm-hmm. in a vacuum mm-hmm. by myself measurement where we bring each other into both model observe note celebrate mm-hmm. encourage each other to move together mm-hmm. you know it's um we were talking about this uh in our in our life group actually is it, it almost seems like this building one another up is like that 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 trust exercise you do where you sit back to back with another person mm-hmm. and then you have to stand, stand up, up. Mm-hmm. and um and it feels like that mm. like i can't actually do what i'm told in scripture i think mm. i can i can't actually do that task by myself that's good i mm. have to mm. have the other person and it has to be counterbalanced mm-hmm. the entire time mm-hmm. uh, for us to grow up together and i think that's when good. we when we go away from that we're doing something different we think we're doing that but we're actually doing something very different mm-hmm. um and uh you know it's we're playing air guitar when we don't actually really even know how to play <laughs> guitar. You know, I think it's that. You're just yeah. acting, you know, like no one else is, ev- no one else sees what you're seeing there. It's right. not the right thing. So I think those are maybe two helpful things there. One thing that I that I do find very helpful in it, though, is we're in that relationship um, where, where I might say that that idea of metrics or measures, you know, is, is a helpful language. I think sometimes it's not as helpful uh, as maybe just giving people a chance within a community to observe um, like these are evidences, these are mm. observations, mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. are signs, you know, saying something like that um, where you can say, aha, you know, and celebrate that moment with someone. Yeah. We've arrived somewhere. Mm-hmm. I just saw something, you know, my in with within my uh, uh, my marriage, Stacy and I note things. The phrase we use is measuring the immeasurables. Mm. And uh, how do you do that? And and when something like that happens, the phrase we use is we'll just you know, usually it's me because I'm aggressively trying to preach always, is um, <laughs> is I'll just say, that's what you measure. You mm. know, when something like that happens, one of these kind of kind of kind of kind of things, because it's it's really tricky in a community to mm. not pull the Joneses thing mm-hmm. or the yeah. judgmental mm-hmm. and like measure myself along the curve, mm. you know, mm-hmm. but um, but to actually to do where we're standing up back to back, you know, mm. and doing that. It's community. Good. And I think part of what helps augment that that challenge toward competitiveness is if i'm <coughs> excuse me if i'm more or just as vested in your growth yeah than yeah. mine yeah one that's itself a mark of maturity that i'm more concerned for the other than for myself right. and it, and it just keeps me focusing on championing and cheering you on and encouraging you mm-hmm rather than worrying about where I'm at with you yeah. or, or, or how we line up and so on. So that, you know, um, you know, we're getting into first Corinthians 12 this Sunday yeah. and that whole, you know, the whole body suffers together. The whole body rejoices together when right. one part 
uh, is honored, we all celebrate. So just kind of that otherness, that other centeredness, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, both a result of maturity and a means to maturity. Get mm-hmm. my eyes off of myself and onto my brother or sister. Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, yeah, and, and you, you certainly cannot do that outside of community. No, and even even this weekend, um, you know, I was in was helping with with the tech stuff this weekend, but w- my oldest daughter was in eye shot of me, mm-hmm. you know. And so when you were talking about walking into a room <laughs> and the kids, you know, fighting and you just wanted to stop, I'm like, please don't look at me, please don't look at me, please, don't. <laughs> you know. That's in in my head. I'm I'm thinking, man, that's what I do. Um, mm. And just that that stark realization that a lot of it does become just what how am i doing mm. rather than how invested am i in in other people growing i'm more i'm always more concerned with and i don't even think it feels like you saying like how do i look to people i think you gen you genuinely are trying to ask yourself how am i doing mm-hmm. but you're trying to do it um subconsciously on a very individualistic scale mm. um and it's it's very anxiety inducing <laughs> yeah and it's it, not it, healthy yeah and when, when you're in that i think through the parenting side of it when you gave that you know example of you know yeah just the one that you just given there keith is for me I, I it takes me to the thought of like how do i then like what do i need to be thinking when i'm teaching my kids yeah like mm-hmm. if i'm thinking uh, they need to be okay like their their character their heart needs mm-hmm. to be okay mm-hmm. um it when I walk into that room, I need to figure, you know, what is that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what is that lesson that needs to be taught there? Um, and I think some of it is always that, that safety. Like, I think that's the first mm-hmm. thing is the person that you are encouraging, no matter whether it's, uh, you know, you're speaking the truth and love, whether it's going to be hurtful to them mm-hmm. for their own good, not mm-hmm. harmful, but hurtful, um, or it's going to be really encouraging. Mm-hmm. Th- there is a sense that if we are reflecting that image of God, they should want to come back to that kind of a conversation with mm-hmm. you again. Mm-hmm. And if that's yeah. the first thing of like, okay, we need to end this with them wanting to have an, the next conversation. Yeah. That's good. Then that's whatever really good. that content is, you know, you're always like, this is the goal. The next conversation is the, is the goal. Now I'm going to drop in. It's going to shape my content no matter what. Mm-hmm. So that's then good. with those two things married together, then maybe when we think about discipleship, we should think about discipleship in that we want to make sure that you know, our fellowship as believers is such that we are allowed access to our lives so completely that we can continually have those conversations and genuinely be looking out for one another without fear of mm. like um, yeah. trying to like uh, rate ourselves based yeah. on where that yeah. other person is. Yeah. Well, it's even thinking about Corinthians, right? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you, when you think about, and I don't want to, I hope I'm not giving anything away on what you're preaching this weekend, <laughs> but when you think about just the state of the, the Corinthian church, Paul really leans into discipline in the aspect of like, hey, you guys know generally what's going on with this guy, but evidently nobody loves this dude well enough mm-hmm. to say this is not healthy for you. Yeah. It's not good for you. and It's not good yeah. for the church. But then by the time you come back to the next letter, he's like, OK, it's worked mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now. Restore him. Yeah. So th- and then that's kind of the that's that's real discipleship. Mm at mm-hmm. work is to to have that kind of relationship with someone else where it, it may get yeah. hard sometimes but the ultimate goal is that everybody's restored and, yeah. and working and walking together yeah absolutely and and the reality is there is that that vision of discipleship that vision of spiritual growth that quality of relationship 
None of that is possible apart from the security of the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Like so much, and I even remember, I think in my early life, uh, my early um, life as a, as a young Christian, you know, my concept of growing with Jesus is just, you know, it's like, like a child, like, you know, I need to learn how to walk. I need to, you know, stack the blocks, whatever it is. You're, you're focused on the very concrete elements. And so it was the quiet time for 20 minutes and it was, it was, you know, the Bible study and different things like that. Um, but then I remember getting to a point where, uh, I was doing all of the things and life still wasn't going well. And I felt distant from God and I didn't know what to do. Like I, I just, I had no more mm-hmm. tools and, and that it was good that the Lord brought me to that place where I learned this is not something you do out of the flesh. Mm-hmm. I do not have the tools mm-hmm. to do this. Mm-hmm. This is depending on the same grace that saved me. Now I need to depend on it to sanctify me. And, and, and that dependence on the Lord um, which creates the security in relationships where mm-hmm. you can be both truly known and truly loved at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know, to be truly known, like seriously, I mean, that's a terrifying prospect, you know. Um, <laughs> but if the grace of Jesus is sufficient, I can trust Him, and therefore I can trust His children. Um, so yeah, but just always coming back to that meditating on the gospel for myself, but then speaking that is that what I'm speaking to my kids? Mm. You know, when I create that safety for that conversation, well, what's ultimately going to create that safety, knowing that my love is there. My love is secure for them. It's Mm -hmm. not based on their performance of whether or not they make the same mistake again tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Daddy's still going to love you. Mm -hmm. I'm still for you. We will have to talk about that and make some changes, but because I love, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, but that's embodying and, and speaking that gospel. Um, and it's the same thing we do with, not just with kids, but anybody who's growing in Christ. It's the same conversations. Mm-hmm. I think the, the idea that, you know, going to that, that specialization kind of an idea, mm-hmm. it, it falls into a category that I think is, is helpful. Uh, there's that idea of like the, kind of just the industrialized, mechanized <laughs> machine. You know, yeah. that, that, that metaphor uh, is, is oftentimes when we take, you know, it's legalism systematized it's it's Mm -hmm. um we take the descriptive of what a growing you know a mature christian is and we make it prescriptive Mm -hmm. and then we say this is the cookie cutter this is how we do Mm -hmm. it and when we approach you know our children that way then we are just cranking out more saints more disciples more disciple making disciples whatever we want to say and it's frustrating but we're not given any of those analogies when raising children they're like a garden Mm. and and i think that to enter Mm -hmm. into that idea what you're saying is you know, you can't take the analogy too far, um, but but really that's what our spiritual life is, is, is like they're going to be weeds. You know, like you plant the garden, you have it all laid out, and then every day you go and you weed the garden mm-hmm. and you water the garden. And I think that sometimes is too frustrating for, you know, for me as a parent, sure. you know, for me as I'm, you know, helping other people in the church. Uh, like what this again? Oh yeah, I forget. <laughs> you know, like that's what happens. And if you just say, no, this is part of gardening, you know, this is, mm-hmm. this is what it, this is what it is, but it's the progress, you yeah. know? We count the weeds so many times that we just say, we just want uh, no, no more weeds. Just get some other thing, legalism, spray a whole bunch of chemicals here. There's nothing, <laughs> nothing can grow here. Um, and, uh, and then we're done, you know, and, it's, and that's exactly what happens. There's no fruit, but that progress, you know, mm-hmm. measuring that I think is, yeah. is it. And I think you had said that on Sunday, progress mm-hmm. over perfection. Yeah, mm-hmm. And that was, that was so helpful. You know, the great thing too is when we talk about discipleship, um, 
we are assured at, at, at some point we are assured the perfection. Mm-hmm. It's not that we will never get there. Like we know we will get there. So knowing that we will get there, like it would be easier to take, you know, what's really a bummer about taking care of a garden is when you go out there and weed it a bunch and then you don't still get a yield because of something yeah. you didn't count on. And mm, you're like, yeah. why did I come yeah. out here? every stinking day (laughs) and water this you know tub of trash like if it's not going to yield anything but if you know if you knew if you told me right now if you'll just go out there every other day and weed your garden you will have such an amazing harvest you know at the end of the season like you'll just be eaten for for weeks and weeks and weeks it would be easier to go out there and weed But we have an assurance that, you know, in glory, yeah. mm-hmm. that's that's going to be done. Yeah. Like there is going to be the progress is leading somewhere. It will lead to yeah. perfection. So yeah. really, we're just called to do, you know, slowly what we know is ultimately going to result in, in a perfect harvest. Hmm. So I think that's yeah something we don't think about a lot because we want to see it now. Right. And Absolutely. so we don't have the patience to wait. Um, but th- I just want to, yeah, I I just want to reiterate I, your, the sermon this weekend, the passage, the what was teased out. I think really helped me to to think a little bit deeper um, over the weekend and into the week mm-hmm. about okay, what does my life look like? What how do I view discipleship in in my family and my everyday mm-hmm. life, and how much do I um, really care about investing in relationships, mm-hmm. um, and more about transformation than just transaction? You know, yeah, that's good. So, that's good. All right. Anything else to drop? Any, no. All right. Bain Sounds good. Well, man, that was a good conversation. For you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> On that note, uh, we're gonna we're gonna sail out of here. Was very painful. Uh, guest sight. guest appearance by Bane. So Tom Hardy, good job. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> All right, uh, we will talk to you guys next week. We will be uh, next week talking about membership. Right. Bring it. Yeah. So we'll be talking a little bit about membership. Just a. Uh, wet your whistle there Uh, we look forward to doing that and uh, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the sermons uh, you can do so Um, listen to the sermon listen to the podcast and if you haven't listened to previous episodes uh, go back and listen to those as well but uh, thanks for joining us i look forward to seeing you soon see you